right. Grab a seat. Hey, it's good to be here tonight. I like that Kyle dude. He got to, he got to do the name dropping for me. Yeah. I was a, a pile of uh, a bowl of tears crying one day about 2006 when Chris Valentin came to Fresno and my daughter got called out. Um, just a regular, just a regular. I mean, she's not regular to me, but just got called out and the word over her life is now manifesting. Uh, they, they wrote this song called Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever heard of the song called Holy Spirit, but how many of you know the Holy Spirit is indwelling us? How many of you know the Holy Spirit is present tonight? So it's about awareness, because he's here, actually was here before you, and he actually indwells us too. He enables, he empowers, and he indwells us, and he's here tonight, right? Now, I'm used to, uh, you know, people like giving me some help here. I mean, you guys are like way too quiet, man. Come on. Loosen up a little bit. Like just, you know, get relaxed, okay? I won't go forever, but I want to say that I never come to a service uh, without God doing something very powerful. I did. I've done church. I've pastored three churches. I started two schools of ministry. I've been, I spent 10 years in and out of India. I've done this a long time, but... I still want to maintain, are you with me? I still want to keep it fresh and keep it real and keep it raw. So when we come together, the Lord wants to encounter. He wants to encounter, right? Is it possible to come in way and go out another way? Or we could just leave and say, oh, it's a good church. It's a pretty, pretty good speaker, but you know, it's pretty, you know. But what if, what if when we came together, what if, what if you weren't here by accident, right? What if the Lord wants to do something really profound in you in just a, an hour? How many of you enjoyed the worship tonight? Huh? And Bill Johnson says that we're no longer gathering around a sermon, but we are gathering around presence. Did you get that? It's around presence. How many of you know we owe the world an encounter? We owe the world an encounter. Danny Silk and I had breakfast the other day. I'm name dropping again. And we were talking about the fact that, you know, we want all those people out there to live by our rules. And they hadn't even gotten encountered yet. It's in the encounter that everything changes. It's in the encounter where all those places in your life where you're still resisting, anybody else or just me? <laughs> it's all those places where you and I are still resisting. It's in the encounter that our hearts are softened. We turn to the Lord, 1 Corinthians 3.16, I think it says, whenever we turn to the Lord, there's a veil lifted. And every time we are, we are encountered, encountered, we turn... We turn to the Lord in the encounter. And in the encounter, there's a veil lifted and our hearts are turned towards him. Do you want that tonight? Are there still places in you that are still like wanting to trust but having difficulty? Wanting not to resist but finding that there's those places in you where you're still resisting? Am I talking to the right group? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I am. 
I love Eric, and uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 4, Eric Waterbury. How many of you guys know Eric Waterbury? I love Eric Waterbury, and 1 Corinthians 4, I think, says you have 10,000 instructors, but not many fathers, and I love that man's heart. I love his laid-down love, and we have an amazing connection that God is intertwining our hearts and just excited about where that's going. I also love these young guys like Kyle, and I like to be around young people like Kyle and like Brett because it makes me feel young again until I go to the gym. And it used to be in the gym, it used to be, hey, put on another plate, man, throw another plate on. Now it's like, hey, take a plate off. That's way too much. But we need to keep our hearts young, right? There was a powerful prophet who died last year, Valentine's Day, and he said, we're going to be going into our hundreds. So I'm in the gym because I'm going into my hundreds. I'm going to go past my hundredth birthday. I'm going to be active. And Any older, older, not old, but older people in here? Yeah? Hmm? Come on now. Hey. Wow. I am starting my third I'm starting a third career, pastored churches, started schools of ministry, done missionary evangelism, and now I am still shaking my head because I'm getting ready to go into Folsom Prison. I'm getting ready to go into a war zone. I know I don't look 58, but I'm getting ready to, I'm, get, I'm not winding down, I'm winding up. And going into a war zone, come on, what would it be like for God to supernaturally visit our prison system. When I sat oh, two weeks ago in downtown Sacramento and sat in front of the second in command, the deputy director of the Department of Corrections in California, number two, he oversees the 35 prisons in this state. And he said, I'm here by divine appointment. Almost lost it right there. And as long as I don't get thrown out or they ask me to leave, I'm here to shift the criminal justice system. 35 prisons. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Because listen to this. Epic life is about doing life together. My children are a part of Jesus culture. I love Jesus culture. And there's some really profound things that God's doing in this region and I love what Jesus culture is doing. But epic life has a huge, are you guys here yet? <laughs> epic life has a enormous role to play because God needs people that are doing life together. The Lord said to me about nine months ago, I just don't do shallow very well, son. I don't do shallow very well. I'm like, what is that? does that mean? So the going deep doesn't mean I have to be all super spiritual, right? But God is defining and redefining the terms for us to learn how to go deeper with him, to learn how to, you're familiar with the word discipleship or formation or transformation. And if the prophets are right and there really actually is a billion souls harvest coming, then you and I need to be getting ready and prepared in anticipation of people out the door down the street trying to get in. 
What would it be like, and are we ready for people that are so hungry for an encounter that they're out the door down the street trying to get in here? And do you think all of that ministry is going to happen by the people that are standing up front with a microphone in their hand? Or do you think that God is readying a people, he's preparing a people, the ones that, are, that I'm talking to right now, that are being ready, that are being prepared, that are in formation, that are being discipled, because the world that you live in and I live in now is the world where everybody gets to play. In the world that I grew up in in the 70s and 80s, a handful of people got to play, the rest of us got to watch. But what would it be like if you were empowered, because this is an empowering culture, you're doing life together, you're going deep with divine purpose, and that divine purpose is that you have an assignment. I mean, I'm still scratching my head. I'm, like, I'm going into, back into, I'm going into the prison system after pastoring three churches. I'm going into the prison system. How many of you know the prison system is a war zone? Cell extractions, potty checks. I'm like, are you kidding me? But I'm going in with this powerful preparation, anointing to shift atmospheres and to make a difference in that world. Does anybody want to do that? I'm kind of maybe getting convinced. Yeah. So, uh, can you put up that Isaiah 60? I got just a couple passages for you tonight. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your development. I want to talk about your formation. I want to talk about your discipleship. But I want to frame it in a relational way. I want to frame it. I want to give it to you in a way that maybe you haven't heard it before. You haven't saw it that way before. And, it will, and, and that, the, that maybe that God can uh, shift something in your mindset. He can do something in your heart that, wow, I didn't really see it that way before. What do you think? Would you want that? Hey, close your eyes for just a minute and put your hands out in front of you for just a minute. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, encounter, 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 encounter tonight. Would you go, I'm giving you permission. Would you do this with me? Don't, I don't want to do it for you. But would you give him permission to go deeper? And some of you are fairly new to this, but some of you have been doing this for a long time. But would you give him permission to go deeper, to go to the deeper places, that all the walls would come down, the trust level would go up, all the defenses and protectors would come down, and that you come into a revelation of who he is, You'll come into a greater revelation. Father, a greater revealing of your heart to mine, a greater revelation of who you are and who you want to be for me. Jesus' name. How about that? Do you know there's nothing that you can do, there's nothing you can say that will change the way he feels about you? It's up to me to receive. But you know, and even on the bad days, some of you have days where you kind of like maybe don't make the best choices. 
And I used to do the he loves me, he loves me not thing. I was standing in the back of a church in Redding, California after pastoring two churches and couldn't stop crying because I met somebody after pastoring two churches that I didn't know before. And his name was Abba Daddy. I knew God. I even had come to a place where I was comfortable with Father. But here I was in the back of after 15 years of ministry pastoring and I came into a revelation of Daddy, Papa. It changed everything. It changes everything when you come into an understanding and you come into a revelation of knowing who he really is that there's nothing that you can do that changes the way he feels about you. And there are never any question marks anymore that come up about how he feels. How many of you have heard this before? God's not mad at you. Have you heard that one? Live out of that place. Live from there. Now, I know that I can do things that break God's heart. And I know I can do things that maybe are disappointing, but I'm not a disappointment. You understand the difference? You understand the difference between those? Yeah. Okay. This is really important stuff. So uh, we usually don't read all of this passage. We just read, usually read the first part. But it says, arise and, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. How many of you know that's the moment we we're living in? Hmm? That's the moment we're living in. For darkness will cover the earth in deep darkness. And that's usually where we stop, is right there. How many of you have to monitor how much time you spend on Facebook? Because what you see on Facebook is a lot of darkness. What you read on the news, what you listen to, that's all the darkness. Darkness and deep darkness, thick darkness. But why do we stop there and not keep reading? Because it says if we keep going, but, somebody say but, the Lord will what rise. We're living in a moment when the Lord, we're living in a moment, we're living in an epic moment when the Lord is rising on us and guess what else? His glory will be, what's it say? Seen. How about the visible glory of God being seen on you? Who would want that? <laughs> what happens when the argument just goes away because People just see something on you that they want, they're attracted to. What happens when you walk into Starbucks and all of a sudden the atmosphere shifts and that person that you're standing behind turns around and has gotten in your atmosphere and all of a sudden the discouragement, the depression that they were feeling all of a sudden is gone because they were in your atmosphere. And you haven't even started talking yet. <laughs> and, and I'm really serious. Is that really possible? Yes, that's possible. Do you know why? Because of that right there. And nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness. Do you, you understand how powerful this is? But we get stuck on the first two verses 
and get focused and fixated. It's not that, listen to this part, it's not that we live in denial of what's going on around us and we bury our heads in the sand and pretend like everything's getting better and better. But it is about our focus. And here's the focus. I'm focusing on what God is doing, not what the enemy's doing. I'm focusing on what God is doing, not on what he's not doing. Are you with me? So it's like, you guys are so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. You guys live in denial. No, it's not about living in denial. It's about where I'm focusing and who I'm trusting and where I'm putting all my energy. With me? Right? Because we are in preparation. Epic life is, are you guys still supposed to be here or are you supposed to go away? I mean, Jesus culture's here now. I mean, are you still supposed to be here? I was kind of hoping to hear some of that right there, <laughs> right? Because you guys are on assignment. And it's one thing to go to a church service, it's another thing to do life together. It's another thing to really get vulnerable with people and open up and share about what's really going on because you're around people that are safe, that you have deep connection with. And you can get down to the real and to the nitty-gritty in the raw. And then we don't have to play plastic fantastic anymore. Huh? And the world is waiting for us. I love the church, and I'm not a basher. But the, 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 the world is still waiting, looking in, because they are longing and hungry and yearning for what we've got. And we are to be carriers of that in a way that I just described to you. And so I am growing in my metron, my sphere of influence, and my authority in the spirit. So I do expect when I walk into Starbucks two or three or four times a day <laughs> that the atmosphere shifts. And I'm on assignment, so it's not surprising to me that the person that I'm standing there not only is she in my atmosphere now and something's going on inside of her, but I'm also in her atmosphere and I'm picking stuff up about her. Are you with me? Because this, this is stuff that we're all supposed to walk in. Hello? We're all supposed to walk in this. So I think the last two verses are lift up your eyes all around and see they all gather together. They come to you, your sons shall come from afar and your daughter shall be carried on the hip. There's a promise, huh? Then you shall see and be radiant. What does radiant look like? Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nation shall come to you. How about that right there? Does anybody want that? I'm telling you, in fact, let me declare and release this in the atmosphere over you right now that it belongs to you, that it's yours. And we're moving into a time where we just step into things. We don't have to work, earn, labor. We're stepping into those places that God has set before us. We're stepping into, we used to call our promised land. And there's still enemies in the promised land that have to be dispossessed, but we're doing it different today than we ever have, right? There remains therefore a rest. There's a rest, there's a resting. There's a trusting and there's a resting for me. Are you with me? Like this whole front row right here. You know what I see in this whole front row? Like some crazy warriors. I mean like out of the box, 
calm down. You better put a leash on that guy right there because they are on assignment. They are in preparation. God is working, and they, they don't even completely understand and are, can't articulate and haven't even found language. Sometimes we don't have language for what's happening on the inside of us, right? I'm not trying to put you guys on the spot, but I like to, I like to kick it with a rough tough, a tough... Hey, these, these, are, these are like... These are, guys, these are like my, my crew right here. This is the man's man. Hey, man, let's go do some MMA right now. You know, that's my crew right there. But there is something so f- powerful, right? Do you believe any of this? Or? So um, if you could go to the next slide. And I want to um, just uh, re... Just re- I just want to reframe um, something for you tonight. Uh, Jesus, uh, Matthew 16, said, if any man wants to be my disciple, how many of you know about disciple? Yeah? If any man wants to follow me, if he wants to be my disciple. And so we get into this mindset about discipleship and that uh, sometimes is not, is in need of adjustment. And so I want to reframe this for you tonight that um, everything flows out of intimacy. You with me? Everything flows out of connection. So I'm not, uh, even though, go to the next slide, would you? How many of you know that obedience is important and that part of discipleship and part of following Jesus is about obeying, is obedience? But what if I said to you that it's about the connection? What if I said to you, what if I paraphrase this passage, John 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. What if I said to you, what if I said it to you like this? If you value our connection, somebody say connection. If you value our connection, then what's important to me will be important to you. How does that sound to you? Well, I'm just trying to obey the Lord, man. You know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be obedient. You know, obedience is better than sacrifice. And, you know, I'm just doing my, you know, pedal to the metal. You know, I'm just trying to grind through Mike and just trying to obey God. Right? But what if we reframe that? And what if we understand that the essence of the essence of obedience and being obedient has value because of our connection? And that the journey that you and I are on is about our experiencing him. Right? This is eternal life, John 17, 3. To know. Somebody say no. And that's to know, not to know about God. Not just to know about God, but to know him experientially. To know him personally, to know him intimately. And it's in that growing connection that what's important to him becomes important to who? Me. 
because I value our connection. And the choices that I make affect him. So I have 37 years married to the same woman. And I'm not trying to see what I can get away with and still be married. How far can I push? How, you know, where's the line? Because I want to get right to that line so I can still stay married, but I'm trying to just keep the rules. But what if my marriage was about I don't want to do anything. I don't want to make choices that are going to interfere with my connection with my wife. Hello? I want, because I value her and my connection with her, I want what's important to her to be important to me. And after 37 years, we're still on that journey. Hello? I'm still on that journey but I'm valuing and growing in the connection the same way with triune and the same way with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. How many of you know there are three members of the Trinity? How many of you know God talks to himself? How many of you know God's in a relationship with himself? And a lot of us have come to a revelation of Daddy. Many of us started with Jesus. And we've also come into a relationship with that third member of the Trinity. And who's that? Holy Spirit, and having a relationship not only with Father, Son, but having an intimate relationship with Holy Spirit. What do you think about that? You're looking at me with that tone of voice right now. You're like, what is he? Are you kidding me? Is, does that sound like that's fun to anybody? Does that sound like a journey that you want to be on? And doesn't it sound like because we love ministry, I love the supernatural, I love to call out people that I see things on. I love when God shows up. I love it when there's angels, so many angels in here tonight, when you see angels standing behind people, when you see all that. I love all that, but I love more than anything. What I love more than anything is the worship tonight that reminded me what's first and foremost and what's the priority, and what is that? Your connection. Everything flows out of your connection. And when that connection gets damaged by a lie or by a wound then things get interrupted. When I make bad choices, sometimes that connection gets interrupted. That fellowship gets interrupted. Doesn't change the way he feels about me. Doesn't change his plan for me. But I don't want anything to hinder. Are you with me? I don't want, in the same way with my wife Pam, I don't want anything to hinder our connection. So sometimes when we try to talk about issues, we realize, hey, we can't talk about this because we're disconnected right now. So we have to reestablish our connection first so we can talk about the things that are important to her and the things that are important to me. So in the worship, in the, in the, come on now. Yeah. How many of you have heard of Bill Johnson? Yeah, so he tells a story of uh, two guys sitting on the porch and the one guy's dog came up. You probably, some of you heard this, but that's okay. Uh, the dog came up, and you know, uh, the one guy was sitting on the rocking chair, started petting the dog, and they were talking, going along, but he was petting the dog backwards, instead of from the head down. He was petting the dog the other way, from the tail up, and finally the other guy said, hey, you know, you're petting the dog the wrong way, and the, the other guy said, well, then the dog needs to turn around. <laughs> Are you getting this? 
We're in the process of turning around. We're in the process of like unlearning so much, even that we learn in the church growing up with a dad in the Marine Corps that I always wondered if I was okay with him. And I love my dad, but always wondered, you know, am I okay? Am I living up to his expectations? Am I performing? Am I measuring up? Because I didn't get to hear those words until later in life, son, I love you. I didn't get to hear those words. So all those little wounds that, that carried over and spilt over into my relationship with my heavenly father, wondering, am I, are we okay? Are you with me? This changes everything. It changes everything. It changes how we do life. It changes how you do intimacy. It changes the closeness. It changes the proximity. It changes your willingness and your ability to trust him. It changes and allows you to feel safe enough with Father God to let those defenses and protectors that you've had up all these years, you're willing to let them come down and you're willing to trust more. I'm telling you the truth. You are being readied and prepared for greatness, right? Mm -hmm. You have that... Uh, can you throw that clip on? Yeah. It, how many of you know sometimes we see better with our eyes closed? So I want you to close your eyes. The video on this is not that great, so you're actually going to see better with your eyes closed. But listen to this, and I want you to hear Daddy's heart. Because he loves you, 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 because that is what he is like. It is his nature to love. And you will always be the beloved. And his love is unchanging. And he loves you a hundred percent. He won't love you any better when you become better. He loves you a hundred percent right now. And even if you have no plans to become better, he will still love you one hundred percent. Because he loves you, because that's the way that he is. And even if you don't want to change, he will love you a hundred percent. 
Even if you have no plans to walk with him, he will love you 100%. Because that's his nature. He loves all the way, all the time. His love is unchanging. What will change, says the Lord, is your ability to receive my love. And this evening, I want to cram some more of that ability inside you. So I challenge you, says the Lord, open your heart to me. Open your heart to me. And you will receive more of my love than you've ever experienced before. I dare you, says the Lord. Come on, open your heart to me. Give me your heart. Give me whatever your obstacle is. I'll take it. I'll remove it out of the way. Because I love you as you are right now. I love you 100% as you are right this moment. I love you as you are. So be loved. You are the beloved. It is your job, says the Lord, to be loved outrageously. It is why I chose you. That is why I set my love upon you. That you would live as one who is outrageously loved. That you would receive a radical love. So radical, it'll blow all your paradigms of what you think love is. And no, says the Lord, I will love you outrageously all the days of your life. Because I don't know how to be any different. This is who I am. And this is who I will always be. This is the I am that I promised you. I am he that loves you outrageously. And you may love me back with the love that I give you. You may love me back outrageously with the outrageous love that I bestow upon you. And know this, says the Lord, you can only love me as much as you love yourself. So my love comes this evening to set you free from yourself. To set you free from how you see yourself. To set you free from the smallness of your own thinking about yourself. My love comes to set you free from rejection and from shame and from low self-esteem and from despair and from abuse. Because when I look at you, says the Lord, I see something that I love. I see someone that I can love outrageously. And I have so much to bestow upon you, so much to give you, so many places to take you in my heart. But you can't go there unless you allow me to love you. And my love for you will break every barrier, bring every wall crashing down. And know this says the Lord, my love damages fear. My love hates fear. My love will fight fear. It will fight fear in you. It will fight fear around you. And if you have fear this evening, says the Lord, then know that you have a treat in store. Because my perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear where I am present. 
because my love casts out fear. Beloved, you are my beloved. You are my beloved. And in my love, I want you to feel good about yourself. Father's heart come right now to your heart. So I think you found yourself somewhere in that. How you feel about you, how he feels about you. Holy Spirit, we're giving you permission to make that adjustment tonight. Some of you have been partnering with fear. And fear is not just cast out, it has to be displaced. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect fear casts out love. So I choose tonight not to partner with fear, but to partner with love. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. How are you guys doing? Are you getting convinced? Right? So sometimes we know things are true, but do they feel true? You with me? Sometimes I know things are true intellectually, but does it feel true? Does it feel true to me? That's where we're going with all this. Have I convinced you yet? Huh? How about that? So, I'm so excited to be here with you guys tonight. Do you like fireballs? Yeah? Because uh, I just saw, you probably get this a lot because you're a redhead, right? Are you a true redhead? Yeah, so uh, atomic fireball when I was praying back there. Uh, yeah, and I saw sound waves coming out of your mouth. So, can I pray for you? What's your name? Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah, so we just lift up Jennifer, Daddy. And Lord, I just, Lord, thank you that there is, uh, you know, Psalm 4.8. The Bible says the godly has been set apart. And we've been set apart for himself. He set us apart for him. And you've been set apart for him. And you're learning the audience of one. But there's greatness on you. And there are sound waves. I saw sound waves because... There is a breaker, there is a shifting, there is an ability, there's a gifting and anointing to release uh, people. Mass. I love individual personal ministry. I love the one-on-one. I love ministering to the person in front of me. But when they're out the door down the street trying to get in, we're going to see mass sozo, mass deliverance, mass healing happen. All the stuff that's happening in our culture is just prepping and preparing this powerful tsunami of God's love is about to be released. And you're coming into a, an, an, ident, you're an identity development. An identity de- a development allows me to be confident. And one of the greatest things that we struggle with is confidence because we're scared of arrogance. 
but the Lord is releasing confidence in you because you're coming into a revelation of knowing who you are because you first of all have learned to know who he is and who he wants to be for you. I can't know him until, I can't know me until I know him. And so Father God, I pray for Jennifer. I pray for the release of the prophetic dreams and visions for everybody in this room that even beginning tonight, uh, that you won't be able to write fast enough. And some of the interpretation will come later. You don't have to worry about trying to interpret everything, but Habakkuk 2.3, write it down. Write the vision, make it plain. Get that, get that journal right by your nightstand. You believe any of this? Yeah. So Father, I release over Jennifer. Lord, let her come into a greater revelation. I know it's line upon line, but the next level, the upgrade would come. Lord, greater confidence. Lord, even as she sits at that piano, even beyond the piano, Lord, when that mic is put in her hand, there's something that comes out that booms, that roars, that blasts, that shifts atmospheres. Father, I thank you for Jennifer. Thank you for intimacy. I thank you for intimacy. Thank you for intimacy. Who wants intimacy? Yeah. Who wants intimacy? And so the other girl that was up there, you were up there, weren't you, tonight? Yeah, you're such a lover. What's your name? Eden. Eden? Edith? Yes, Eden. So doesn't that fit well? Would you close your eyes? And Father, I thank you for Eden. Yeah, you're such a lover. And the Lord's going to take you to heaven. Yeah, not like, see you later, you're going to heaven. Not like that, but like Paul's was caught up to the third heaven and you're going higher places. Revelation 4.1, come up here. Uh, there are higher places for all of us and you are on a journey and you are, you were not allowed to skip grades in our development, but we are all allowed to accelerate, and you're in acceleration because you're a great lover, and the Lord's attracted to you. I don't know if that sounds too weird for us, but the Lord's really attracted to you, and he loves your love. The Lord loves your love. He, he, what he loves about you is your love. And so, Lord, I release that. Wow. I release that over Eden tonight. Yeah. Take her away. <laughs> Take her away. Take her to that place. You know, uh, there's a place in the Lord where you can be so heavenly minded, you can only be earthly good. And God wants you to be so heavenly minded because you know it's about bringing heaven to earth, right? Huh? It's about bringing heaven to earth, right? In 1986, a prophet came through our church. We were getting ready to adopt a baby from India because we'd been trying for three years and couldn't have children. We did everything except for the in vitro stuff. And we couldn't have children, so we had decided, I'd been going to India for several years, so we decided we were excited about adopting a baby from India. And then this crazy prophetic guy shows up and releases something in the atmosphere. And about a year later, this amazing little princess by the name of Katie Horn, who is now Caitlin Torwalt, God gave her to us. You think God can do that? So now, when we pray for people that are struggling with those issues, we have an authority and anointing in that. You with me? That's how it works. We have authority in that area. So those places where maybe you've had challenges or struggles, those are typically the places where the enemy is targeting you because that's where you're, are you getting this? 
that's where your assignment tends to be. That's where your metron, your destiny, tends to be around that. Father, I just, come on, man. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So uh, I'm a huge Dodgers fan, yeah, right? And they still are in first place, even though I'm getting, I'm getting like, harassed, like, in a crazy way. But uh, what's your name? Andre? Yeah. So, Father, I just release a blessing over Andre, not because he's a Dodgers fan tonight, but uh, you're modeling a manhood, Andre. You're modeling, we're redefining masculinity. And the reason why some of the issues that are going on in our culture is because we haven't done well modeling true masculinity. How many of you know God has a feminine side? And so we're redefining, because I can be rough, tough. I'm going to be in a prison full of inmates right here in my face, dropping F-bombs. That's the real world. And I get to make a decision about how I'm going to respond to that. And I'm going to be in a place, I want to be in a place where I am keeping my love on. And he, that, that guy that wants to hit me, he wants to hurt me, is going to melt. Because God's love is greater. And a friend of a friend of a friend was praying, and I'm going to get right back to you, bro. A friend of a, of a friend of a friend was praying on Market and Goff in downtown San Francisco on Market and Goff, and the person that they were praying for was self-identified as transgender. How many of you are hearing lately about the word transgender? And they were praying for this person that was self-identified as a transgender, and they were praying, when they were praying for that person on the corner of Market and Goff, they were releasing the goodness, the kindness, the love of God. I mean, there's lots of other stuff going on that they weren't actually saying in the spirit realm, but they were releasing, and about an hour into it, an hour into the prayer, that transgender said, could we, could they said, could we go inside into Promised Land Fellowship, which is the church right on the corner, and they prayed more, two or three hours at the end of that time, that person said, I don't want to do this anymore. How many of you know there's a lot of confusion? And some of us got really started early. We were experimenting very early. And a lot of confusion came. But God can heal. How many of you believe God can heal same-sex attraction? Now, I'm, I'm getting ready to be a licensed counselor that's not going to allow me to do certain things as a licensed counselor. And so those people are, are going to be sending back that want and need that kind of help, are, we're going to be sending them back to you. Did you know that? I'm excited about it. Because God can heal. God still heals. So, man, you're amazing, bro. So just close your eyes, would you? Wait, wait open your eyes one more time. Man, I just see so much. Wow. Yeah, just close your eyes. Father, I thank you for, man, where do, where do we begin? You're on, a, you're on a trajectory, bro. And whether you live in one world or the other or both worlds, and by that I mean if you're pastoring, if you're called to fivefold, or you're living in the marketplace, 
uh, it doesn't matter. That's really, it's really less about that and more about the influence, the metron, and the growth and development. You are in process, and the Lord wants to encourage you in that process to keep going, keep moving, keep cultivating Psalm 91.1, keep cultivating Psalm 91.1, he that dwelleth in the secret place, the secret place. So I release uh, over this brother right here uh, that people will be looking for and be attracted to the model and prototype that you are going to have a whole lot to do. And you actually even in, uh, in this setting that... Um, Young men, old men, in-between men are looking for that model, that prototype. See, I was always afraid to uh, go to church because only my mom and my sister went to church. I told you my dad was in the Marine Corps, so we stayed home and he did yard work, and I got to watch him drink beer till I was older, and I got to drink beer. But we didn't think that's what men do be tender and be emotional and be sensitive and be vulnerable and be transparent. We didn't think that's what men do. Men have two emotions. I'm all right or I'm ticked off. Those are our two emotions. I'm all right or I'm ticked off. But learning how to open up, and that's, and that's all over you, bro, and it's going to be more all over you, and you're not going to have to wonder about, uh, sometimes we question uh, sometimes there's identity confusion that goes around some of that, and we get called on it or questioned about it, but I just thank you, Father, you're raising up men like this man. I thank you for these men on, the, on this whole front row right here, too. You guys are powerful men. You're a powerful guy right there, huh? Man, oh man. You know, the Lord's answering a lot of our questions. Some of them we don't get answered, but some of them we do. You guys okay? You getting bored? What do you think? Huh, Ernesto? Come over here, would you? Would you just... Would you just lay hands on these guys? You guys are... This whole section right here, man, or something feeling. Am I missing this or does this resonate with you? Does this, is this clicking with you guys at all? Yeah. Yeah, so I grew up in a world where mom, only mom and my sister went to church. And the Lord had to change all that. He had to fix all that. Wow. Just go deep, Daddy. Just go deep in our hearts tonight. Wow. Yeah, would you guys stand up? I really want you to, uh, this is a one shot, so I don't know if I've went over my time or not. <laughs> this is a one shot, and I want to make sure that something shifts in your heart tonight. I don't know if you have a ministry team. Um, maybe your ministry team. I want you to make sure, if you're feeling a tug or a pull, I want to make sure that you get something released, broken off, lifted, 
healed, touched. Um, God's doing some really miraculous stuff, isn't he? Uh, you have a, Nicole, do you have a, any kind of a like, prophetic word? Or are you closing this service? Oh, I think you have something for her. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> so, Father, we thank you for the word that's gone on tonight. God, we thank you that you see us, that you are the I am. That you continue, God, to, to form us even after we are out of the womb. That you've called us by name and that you know our hearts. God, in the word that's gone forth tonight, that it would pierce our souls. And that it would encourage us to know you, God, because you are our maker that we can get to know who you have created us to be because you are our creator. You are the one that has called us, Father God, regardless of what has gone on before in our lives, regardless of the confusion that the world would want to put into our hearts, regardless of what people would want to say, Father God, we stand before you, the audience of one, God, to know you, to bring your glory to this earth to cry out to you for the shift, God, the shift from what we thought could be possible to what you have ordained. So those of you tonight that Mike has really pierced your heart with the word that he has spoken, I want you to take courage and to actually step forward and to do something in the natural realm. If the prayer team would come up, do something in the natural realm by just stepping forward and just making a line here. Just a line. Standing up on this line here. Something different. Something different than what you've done in the past. That your life tonight would not be the same after the word that you've heard tonight. That you would take a bold step forward and say, yeah, God, you know what? I've been kind of just hanging out behind the line that you've drawn for me. I've been kind of just hanging out, just either being a Christian or not really understanding what that even means. And I want to take a bold step from where I've stood in the past. And I want to take a shift. I want to take a shift. I want to be, I want to be like Mike. I want to say, hey, God, <laughs> I, I want that personal relationship with you. I've, I've either played church or I've, I haven't known you as daddy. I, I've just known of you. Or maybe I have known you as daddy. And it simply isn't enough for me anymore. I want more. I want more. It simply is not enough for me where I am and where I have been. And this word tonight has shifted something in me. So I want to take a step. I want to take a prophetic step from where I am for where you want me to be in the future. So as the prayer team simply just speaks words over you, I want you to stand where you are and just commit another time to God and say, yeah, God. No longer will I just stand and wait for things to happen. But tonight I want you to activate me into the place, into a different realm, into a shift from where I am. The courage that it takes to just move forward and push past the timid timidity. P push past what Facebook tells you is the right thing to be doing. Push past the boxes that people have placed you in tonight and just say, God, I'm taking a step and I'm not turning back. I want something different from this point forward. And put your hands up and just step forward.
and ask God, I receive that. Just say, I receive that. Just take a step forward. I receive that, God. I receive something brand new that you have for me. You have anointed and appointed me for this time and this place. It's a small crowd tonight for a reason. Those of you here who have heard this message, God is just whispering in your spirit. He's nudging you. He's saying, hey, it's you I'm talking to. It's not by accident that you stayed, that you came tonight and you did not stay home. So as the prayer team speaks over you, speaking life over you, receive that. Listen to what God's saying. If your heart has been turned away from God, then step forward and come up to someone and have them pray with you. If you need special prayer, come up to someone who needs to pray with you. Otherwise, spend this time talking and having that personal moment, that encounter that Mike is talking about. God's here to meet you. He sent this man to talk to you tonight, and he's been talking to you, and he continues to talk to you even now. Yes, God. Yes, Abba. Yes, Father. We receive you tonight. We receive that personal encounter with your Holy Spirit. Those of you who know me know I have a real mother's heart. And when Mike was talking about the feminine side of God, and I know that, that comforting, that, that holding that God does when things just aren't right. When things aren't going well, that just this feeling of God just holding you. Even now, as you take courage to stand here and step forward and say, yeah, God, deeper. Yeah, God, more. Yeah, God, I want to be that person that has that personal encounter fall into his arms no matter what's been going on no matter if it's you that walked away or that you felt a distance fall into his arms and allow him to hold you and to bring you to that place yeah that gentle place where he just rocks you as Mike said angels are present just to hold you and if you need again the hand of a prayer person just step forward and allow them to pray for you and hear what the Father's heart has for you tonight. Father, we bless your name. We thank you. We're just going to take time right now and just listen. Listen with our hearts. We honor you, God. We give you praise for this time. In Jesus' name.